this time of year, as we begin to wrap up Lent and move towards the season of Easter, we hear the words about Jesus being King or Lord or those kinds of things all over the place. All of our liturgy, all of our songs, our hymns in worship, all of our devotions talk about this King, this King who's coming, riding on a donkey. I had an uh, extended argument with my eight-year-old last night about whether um, Jesus rode a donkey or a king or a horse. He was convinced, she was convinced it was a horse because her Sunday school teacher said kings rode horses. <laughs> I feel confident that the idea was to talk about that kings rode things and didn't walk in the dirt. Um, <laughs> but she was convinced that kings ride horses. Either way, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that Jesus, when he comes into the kingdom, comes into the kingdom city of Jerusalem, is making a claim that he is king. And so what do we do with all this language about Jesus, the king, or Jesus, who was Lord of all? So the language in the Bible about Jesus is intentionally political, not political in the way that we think about it, which is partisan. We tend to think about politics as being us versus them, but politics in its essence is really just your government and the way that it's set up and run and how people um, organize themselves in communities or in kingdoms or however. Politics is just the study of how we choose to live together as people in our world and in our community. So Jesus is intentionally choosing a political imagery when he rides into Jerusalem, no matter what animal he rides in on. Throughout the Old Testament, kings are riding uh, donkeys or mules or things into cities as a symbol of their coronation, as a symbol of their claim of kingship. So Jesus here is adopting, intentionally adopting, a political figure. He is saying, I am king. I'm in charge. I'm, I'm, in, I'm the winner. Um, <laughs> I'm taking over. This is my place now. You know, Rome has said that they're in charge. They're the government, that they're winning, but that's not going to be the case anymore. I'm the one who's in charge. I am king. And we hear the crowd saying, Lord, Lord. And we hear the people wanting someone to come in and rescue them, come in and save them. And so this idea of a new king, of a Messiah, of a Lord, is good news to them. They're excited about it. And so the question we have to wrestle with is, what is a category that we can adopt, that we understand? See, here in America, we struggle with the idea of having a king and the king being a good thing. I know even in countries where there are monarchies, not everyone is on board with the idea of a king or a queen who is a benevolent good figure, who is looking out for the best interests of people. They are, in some countries, considered just remnants of an older time who serve no purpose at all. And in some places, people who are kings or dictators or lords are evil figures, are are actively bad, actively doing terrible things. And so what do we do with this imagery? We feel icky, I think, when we think about someone being in charge of our life. We feel conflicted at best with this imagery of Jesus the King, or Jesus who is ruler of all. 
it makes us feel anxiety, I think. It makes us feel anxious that the idea that somebody else would have control over our lives. The intention with this imagery is to remind us that God is in charge. In the language the people of the day of the Bible would have understood, they knew what it was to live under an emperor. They knew what it was to live under a government that was completely in charge of their lives from day to day, whether it was the temple authorities or the Roman authorities or the authoritative nature of the family systems. They knew what it meant for someone to have total say over your life. And the intention here with Matthew and with others is to say that God is in control of the world. God is in charge. God is the ruler. God is the Lord. God is king. God is dictator. And you don't get a vote on that. You don't get a vote. You don't get to decide. We can't give God power or take power away with a with a vote. We can't, by believing or not believing, we don't diminish God in any way at all. God is not empowered by our belief or diminished by a lack of belief. God is God, no matter what. And we don't get to decide whether God is in charge or not. And so the challenge of this week is to discover again why that is good news why it is good news that God is in charge. And I believe that peace in life comes when we recognize that God is in charge and we are not. Peace in life comes when we recognize that there are lots of people and lots of events and lots of things that happen that we are not in charge of, that we have no control over, that we don't get a vote in. You don't get to vote if you have cancer. You don't get to vote if you are born with a disability. My son was born with conjoined fingers on both hands, which will affect him for the rest of his life. He didn't get a vote on that. We didn't get a vote on that. It just happened. There are lots of things in life every day that happen to us that are out of our control. And the only way to find peace in our lives, the only way to manage our anxiety, the only way to see hope and possibility in those events is that we recognize that God is in charge, even of those things. God doesn't cause them. God doesn't send them to you. God is not creating them or, or plotting bad things for your life. Jeremiah 29 reminds us that God knows the plans for us and they are plans for hope in the future. It just may not be the hope in the future that we had planned for us. Because so many people are out of our control. And the truth is that all that we have control over, all that we can do, the only place that we are in control is over ourselves. And how we respond to and react to those events which happen to us. And that is where God is in control of us most of all. If we open ourselves up to that possibility. 
as Jesus shows us after the entry into Jerusalem, the kind of kingship, the kind of lordship, the kind of rulerness that Jesus offers is not a political one in the way that we understand it. It is a personal one. And God, in the midst of worship and in the midst of prayer, in the midst of our devotion times, allows us to see a world in which we are aware of God's actions, where we are strengthened by God's power and control, where we are given hope when it feels like there is no hope, and we are given strength to do something about it. And so that is the good news of the gospel that Jesus is in charge of those things. And when we recognize what our role is in the situation, which is to accept God's love, to accept God's strength and courage, to open ourselves up to God's possibilities, then that's when we find peace. And so when you say, save me, God, and when you say, Lord, listen to your children praying, You're doing it because you remember that you have a good God and that God is in control and you're not. And these are all good things. God bless.